Blog Talk Radio. Another fabulous edition of the Neek and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show. This is the post, the post Super Bowl show edition. And my main man Chuck, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing great, Neek. But you know, all I gotta say is you're the best around. No one ever's gonna get you down. You're the best around. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling, Neek. <laughs> sorry, 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 fans for my singing. You know, I ain't. I'm a little rusty, but y'all get yeah, the point. Y'all get the point. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you're a little rusty, man. But you know, you just gotta, you gotta hit that note a little bit higher. You know, you gotta, you gotta take it to the next, man. Get them vocal cords going. Come on, Chuck, open them up, man. Let's try it again, one more time. Let's go. Come on, Chuck. All right, one, two, one, two, mm. one, two. Ready, go. You're the best. Around, no one ever mm. gonna get you down. You're the best around. I don't know the rest of the words, so I'm just gonna keep saying you're the best <laughs> around. <laughs> oh man, man, my main man Chuck, man. But anyway, to our new fans, this is the Neek and Chuck show, man. I'm your host Neek, and my main man Chuck, that's my boy, my partner, my partner in crime, better known as the Scholar, and yes. They call me the player because, hey, I played the game. We both played the game, but that's just kind of how we like to do our little role on the show, man. I'm the player. Chuck's the scholar. So that's how it goes. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Now, I just if this is your first time listening to us, we apologize. Mm-hmm. We normally don't come in singing like that. We learned our lesson in the past, but this was a special occasion. Uh, I had to pull out that old Karate Kid song. I know we had some, <laughs> might have some fans that was born that was born after 1984. You know what, Nick? Man, people that was born in 1990 is like 26 years old, Neek. Like, people, yeah. they, they didn't even know who Tupac was. They didn't know who Biggie was, none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we got a, a lot of young fans. So, we, so you know, they probably don't know about that 1984 movie, The Karate Kid. And the song of The Karate Kid was the song I was just singing, even though they sang it a little bit better. Not much, but a little bit better than I did. And they were talking about... Uh, you know, Ralph Macchio, a.k.a. Daniel LaRusso, but my, I was singing my song to the best there ever was and there will probably ever will be Tom Terrific. Yeah, 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 Tom Terrific. Long live Tom Brady. But on that note, man, 
Speaking of us getting a little bit older, man, and I know we're getting up there in a little age, man. We're not we're not that bad. We we that forties creeping up on us, man. But but we still keeping our youth, man. I know. Uh, I just want to say this, man. I ran into a kid. Actually, he's a teenager. He's seventeen years old, and I seen a man. He had this shirt on. It said, "Long live the cane." I said, "Oh, okay." I said, "Man, I see you with the cane shirt on, man." He looked at me and said. What you mean, uh, the cane, man? I don't have no cane. I don't have a cane on me, man. I'm not crippled. I said once again, I see you with the cane on, man. He said, sir, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I, I don't understand why you keep saying I got a cane. Then I had to just come on around and say, look at your shirt, man. Look at your shirt. He said, oh, it says Big Daddy Kane. Long live the cane. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Big Daddy Kane, man. You don't know who he is on your shirt. He's like, nah, I just, you know, I just had my uh, my dad pick it up for me, and I guess it was on sale, so I'm just rocking it. I said, you cannot rock an artist shirt and don't know who they are. I see kids, man, walking around with Guns N' Roses, Nirvana, or a Wu-Tang shirt. I ask them, I say, okay, what you know about Nirvana? Smells like teen spirit. What are you talking about? Yes, I'm a teenager, but why are you saying it smells like spirit? I'm like... Man, listen, man, <laughs> they don't get it. I'm just like, I just want to tell these young generation, if you don't know who the artist is on your shirt, don't wear it. Don't do that. Don't, 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 don't do that. That's a no-no. So, man, Chuck, that big bad, big daddy came, that hurt me, man. Kid don't even know who he was. I mean, I'm sure, you know, I mean, there's actually some kids out here that actually, you know, do their homework. They want to learn about the music from our area and want to go back, which is cool. I understand it because this music day is just trash, straight boo-boo, straight, just straight trash. But, yeah, that just hurt my heart. So, on that note, we got to get in the show. So, long live Tom Brady and long live Big Daddy Kane, man. Chuck, you want to uh, intervene? You want to say something real quick on that note, man? No, 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 no. Let's just go. I'm, I'm just I'm ready to get in and talk about this. Talk about this Super Bowl we just saw, man. Yeah, and we, then we I, but I know we got I know mm-hmm. we got a couple of other things to cover, so I'm just ready to get into it. Let's go. Let's go. All let's right, go. let's get this show going. Let's get this show going. All right. You know, Chuck, I love when we do the show because there's always some breaking news or some football news, and it just comes out the comes out the woodwork, man. It just comes at us on our, on the day we do our show. Fans, we usually do our show Wednesday, but we just had to make a little adjustment and move the show back up a day actually to to tonight. But that's okay. That's okay. But it's good news because. The Cleveland Browns, it's about time that Josh McCown, that McCown boy, that old McCown, that old Josh McCown boy, man, they finally cut him. So, Browns had to get rid of him, and then they also had to get rid of cornerback Tremont Williams, who's in my early 30s. I think he's, what, 32 or 33. We already know he lost a step. That's why Green Bay got rid of him because, remember, he was the one that cost them that uh, that overtime victory to Seattle, uh, that long bomb who <laughs> was right on Tremont Williams. So he got cut after that, uh, and so yeah, the Browns took him, and he didn't do too much in Cleveland. So yeah, he is a free agent, and uh, along with Josh McCown, and I think McCown' career is pretty much over because the Browns they seen enough McCown. He's been uh, you know injury prone last couple of years, and yeah, he's just not doing it, man. He's just nothing but a backup. He is not an NFL starter, and any other team that thinks about taking on the McCown boy, old Joshy. Um, I would just say that's a warning. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. He needs to just just give it up, man. He had a good ride. And then the gr- news out of Green Bay, the Packers cut 30-year-old running back James Starks, who was on IR this year, um, banged up. Um, you know, Starks, even when he had his playing time this year, didn't really do much. I mean, I think he had 
uh, 30 carries for like 167 yards um, through like three or four games or whatever, only like a 2.3 um, average uh, per carry, I mean, which is pretty pathetic. So I don't know if that's James Starks has lost a step. I don't know if his vision as a running back has deteriorated <laughs> or maybe the Packers offensive line is just didn't open up no any holes for him. But I can't say the Packers offensive line didn't open up any holes because the wide receiver turned running back by the name of Ty Montgomery, he actually looked pretty good out there. So that being said, um, I hope my Giants, my Raiders don't don't even touch Starks. Just let him just sell off into the sunset, man. Just stay away from him. 31 years old, got bad knees, just leave him alone. So, on that note, Chuck, you want to add anything to these releases today or just good riddance? Mm, nah, I won't say good riddance. I just say uh, holla back. <laughs> <laughs> holla back. Yeah, or, 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 you know, I got to do it, man. Should I say it, Chuck? Or should I just say it? Nah, do it, 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 do it. Let me go ahead and do it because, you know, I want to press the button, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to give it to you live. I got to give it to you live. So, with that being said, the Cleveland Browns cut Josh McCown, and when you get cut, you get dropped off. Next up, Jermaine Williams, you know what happened when he got cut? He got dropped off. My main man, James Stocks, when you run for 2.3 yards per carry, you know what happens to you? You get dropped off. So I'm fired up on the show, man. Let's let's continue with the show. All right. So, fans, we know this past weekend the Hall of Fame news came out. The inductees were announced. Uh, the meeting took place um, Saturday morning um, down in Houston. I don't know where because I wish Chuck and I was there because we would have had our, our signs up and getting our rant on. But anyway, all right, let me just get into it. So, first of all, let me just clear the air. And let me just say this first. Personally, I have no beef with Terrell Davis. It's true. I don't. I have no beef with him. I can understand some of our fans for thinking I do. But the problem I have is not with him. It's with the Hall of Fame committee. I mean, my question to the committee is, how in the hell Once again, how in the hell do you, any of you guys, believe or think Terrell Davis should be in the Hall of Fame? Well, let's take a look at Terrell Davis' overall resume, all right? Career rushing yards, 7,607 yards, 71 touchdowns, two Super Bowl. He's got two Super Bowl rings. So let's think about his four great hold on, hold on. I got I got correction. Go ahead, go ahead. I got, go ahead. I got correction. He ain't go got ahead. 71 touchdowns. He only has 60 touchdowns. Oh, 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 that's a typo. Okay, 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 okay. All right, all right, all right. So I got some bad information. So that's why I said, man, we, we got to get some new interns. Okay, I'm just going off what we have here. All right, all right. So he only has – say that again, Chuck. Clarify that for me. He has 60 rushing touchdowns. 60 Maybe what rushing. you – yeah, nah, but see – he only he had sixty rushing touchdowns and five receiving touchdowns. I thought maybe he had eleven. You were seeing the total amount of touchdowns he had, yeah. but no, his total amount is sixty-five with receptions. Okay, so sixty-five, two Super Bowl rings. So let's just think about these four good seasons he had from nineteen ninety-five, over eleven hundred yards rushing. Nineteen ninety-six. He had 15, over 1,500 yards rushing, 13 touchdowns. In 95, my bad, I forgot to add the touchdown in it. He did have seven. In 1997, 
He had one seventeen hundred yards, so I was gonna say it's one thousand seven hundred. I mean, seven hundred fifty yards. Okay, fifteen touchdowns. And then in nineteen ninety eight, now this was actually a pretty good season, pretty damn good season. He had over two thousand yards rushing. Basically, the number was two thousand eight yards rushing and twenty one touchdowns. So basically, he had one good season followed by three great seasons which two of those led the Broncos to winning two Super Bowls, okay? All right, so that's his that's that's Terrell Davis, I mean that's Terrell Davis, you know, resume. Okay, so let me let me let me move on. Now there needs to be some kind of clause in the way the Hall of Fame committee votes saying that Hall of Fame eligible players shouldn't be shoo-ins due to their media status. And what I mean by that is if you work in the media, you're on TV, Fox Sports, NFL Network, or ESPN, I mean, you shouldn't be a shoe-in just right off the bat. You know, they need to take time and really go through this resume, go through your playing career resume. Seriously, that's what they need to do. But what's mind-boggling to me is this, that my main man, Corey Dillon, Jamal Lewis, and Priest Holmes aren't even being considered for the Hall of Fame. That just doesn't sit well with me. I'm going to say that again. It doesn't sit well with me. Now, let's look at my main man, Priest Holmes' career stats. Over 8,172 career rushing yards, 72 rush touchdowns. He also has a Super Bowl ring with a 4.6 career average rushing per attempt. All right. In 1998, he had 1,008 yards, seven touchdowns. 2001, 1,555 Yards rushing with eight touchdowns. 2002, 1,615 yards and 21 touchdowns. 2003, 1,420 yards and 27 touchdowns. Let me say that number one more time. 27 touchdowns. And then let me move on over to Jamal Lewis. Cause check, I'm going to let you get in here, man. I got to let you get in. But I just want to move over to Jamal Lewis. Fans, listen to this. Jamal Lewis. 10,607 career rushing yards, 58 touchdowns, 4.2 average, and he also has the Super Bowl ring, which he got in in the year 2000 with the Baltimore Ravens. He had seven 1,000 rushing yard seasons. Terrell Davis, four. Okay? (laughs) And then in 2003, he had 2,066 yards, 14 touchdowns. And then let me move on over to Corey Dillon. I got to get Dillon some love. Corey Dillon, 11,241 career rushing yards with 82. Let me say this again, 82 touchdowns with a 4.3 yard average. And then he also had seven 1,000 yard rushing seasons and a Super Bowl ring. So, like I said before, if Terrell Davis' ass gets in on 7,607 career rush yards, then next year, my man, my main man, Priest Holmes, Jamal Lewis, Corey Dillon should get in as well. And then I got a bonus player for y'all. My main man, Ricky Waters, 10,643 rushing yards with 78 touchdowns. 78 touchdowns. With a 4.1 yard average, and he also has the Super Bowl ring, which he got with the 49ers in the 1994 season. 
So with that being said, throw Ricky Waters in there as well. So let me repeat my men to you guys. Let me repeat my boys to you guys. Do you understand that the last few guys I just said have seven 1,000-yard rushing seasons, with Terrell Davis only has four, only has four. But for some reason, he gets in, and none of these guys aren't getting any Hall of Fame consideration. You see what I'm saying, Chuck? Do you understand my beef I have, man? Do you understand me, Chuck? Do you feel I understand. I understand it, and I feel you perfectly. I am right there with you. but before before I, I talk a little bit more about it, I just want to step take a step back and clarify for the fans what you were suggesting earlier when you were talking about there should be something in the bylaw there should be something in the bylaws or something with the Hall of Fame committee that a person in the media should not um what what were you saying should not uh be voted in. What were you? Yeah, they should, be, they should be two ins right off the bat. Oh, don't forget, you know you worked for well, ESPN. Oh yeah, we got. Go ahead. Well, TD Terrell Davis wouldn't have shoe in off the bat, but uh, you know it took him a while to get in there. But I get what you're saying is that, and then and that's the and this is the point I was bringing up. That's the whole reason I, you know, I started on this Terrell Davis rant. Is it's about the system, like you said, Nick. We ain't got nothing against Terrell Davis. You know, we was doing the mile high salutes. We was in high school when he was out there running around, running, run, you know, had those great three years. Uh, and we was doing the mile high salute just like everybody else. We it's nothing against Terrell Davis, the person, the man, or his career. To be honest, the whole issue is with the system. Is that from my point of view? The only reason, the reason he was even being considered was because he's in the media. It's because, and then, why do I say, and then the media is the one that votes you into the Hall of Fame. So the media is voting on a colleague of theirs, a person they know, someone you see every day. You know, so oh, he's a great guy. So when you like somebody, of course, you're going to try to push them, whether they're worthy or not. If you like somebody, you think, oh, yeah, they're deserving of this. They're deserving of that. So we've gone through, we've all gone through the stats about Terrell Davis. People can look at it whichever they, whichever way they want to. You know, I hear it was this website. They had 30 days of 30 reasons why Terrell Davis should be in the Hall of Fame. And 28 of those 30 was like, crap was they were stretching it the things i did agree with them on is that in eight playoff games he was phenomenal like he was the best ever he was them them eight playoff games like i don't think anybody is gonna ever touch those numbers he put in those eight playoff games and got his team to the super bowl fantastic but they're eight games this is the hall of fame eight games when you say, oh, I thought the Hall of Fame was supposed to be about championships, blah, blah, blah. Uh, no, it's not, because Barry Sanders is in the Hall of Fame, and he ain't even come close to sniffing a championship. And he buried, and I don't know what his career win-loss record was, but during his career, the Detroit Lions was pretty awful. So, specifically, you know, so if you, if you look at it a certain way, he was not a winner. His winning, his winning career in terms of his – record 
as the NFL player with the Detroit Lions, he had a losing record, I'm assuming. I don't know what exactly it is, but I remember the Detroit Lions being god-awful when he was a player. And he was a certified Hall of Famer. So I, I get that. I get he was – Terrell Davis was phenomenal in those playoff – in those two those two playoff runs. But, dog, he had three great seasons in the NFL. Okay, so you put him on half. So what does that say about those guys you just brought up, Neek? That had that was great and consistent for seven, eight, nine years in the NFL at the running back position. Jamal Lewis, Corey Dillon, Ricky Waters, Priest Holmes. Like you said, they ain't even getting the ain't nobody even mentioned their name. And these dudes been retired. You know, and out of all of those, all four of those are good candidates that should at least be considered. But Corey Dillon was mm-hmm. is a hands down first ballot Hall of Famer. Just going, you go off his stats. You can go off. Uh, he's a champion. The only thing that's uh, that's negative about Corey Dillon is he was a jerk. He was a jerk to the media. He was a jerk to the towards the end of his career in Cincinnati. He was a jerk. And trust me, I I, I was in my feelings when he left. When he was talking bad about my team, even though. You know, he left. I can't blame him. He, he he did his service for the years he was there. And Marvis Lewis came in, turned things around, and he, he wanted to jump ship. I was in my feelings when that happened. So the fact I'm sticking up to him ain't just because I'm a homer, just because he played so many years for my hometown team. It's because he's deserving of it. He went to New England. His first year in New England, he rushed for over 1,600 yards, 12 touchdowns, and led to, and helped lead the Patriots to the Super Bowl. Why is his name not even – why is he not even a semifinalist? It's because he was an asshole to the media. But what does that have to do with being in the Hall of Fame? It shouldn't. It's not in their bylaws. You're, a matter of fact, I think it's in their bylaws. They shouldn't even be considering off-the-field stuff. It's supposed to be strictly about what you do on the field. And they're not even following their own damn bylaws. So – those Hall of Fame voters, to me, man, they're all fraudsters. They're all jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you agree. Know, and, and I was just using Terrell Davis as an example to show these dudes is a bunch of bums. And they're all, and, and people that's not familiar, fans that's not familiar with it, it's, it's a group of sports writers. They're sports mm-hmm. writers. So they're the people who Corey Dillon was an asshole to, and these are the people that Terrell Davis was nice to and Terrell Davis works with now. He in the same business as them. They're his, they're his colleagues, and they voted on him to get in there, and Corey Dillon can't even get a snip who in Corey Dillon's career is killing Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis, had, <clears throat> Terrell Davis had one good, had one year that was better than Corey Dillon. One year, mm-hmm. that 2,000-yard rushing season when he was league MVP. Phenomenal year. Excellent. I can't say enough. That was a hell of a year. One year, and Corey Dillon played for like nine seasons, ten seasons. Like you said, Nick had over had over 1,000 yards seven times. 1,100, over 1,100 rushing yards. 82 touchdowns. A Super Bowl champion. And he ain't even on the list. Get out of here, man. Hall of Fame committee is frosted. And yeah, I get it. Okay, saying people saying, hey, Chuck, you know, Corey Dillon eventually get in there. Eventually. 
He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm. Like I was, and fans know I don't listen to the sports talk people and all that other stuff, but I work in the media and advertising. So occasionally I have to hear some stuff. And I heard Shannon Sharp uh, today talking about Terrell Owens, who's another case. We, we ain't going to get into him. Yeah, we we, we about to do We I'm about to say oh, and talk to you. Go ahead and wrap this up. Go ahead, Chuck. Okay. So he was saying what he said about Terrell Owens and why Terrell Owens should be a Hall of Famer is he said, uh, damn, I lost my train. He he was he was talking about Terrell Owens that um, uh, what you know what he did on the field is what should matter. And then I think the other dude was Skip Bayless or whatever. And Skip Bayless was talking about oh he was a team obliterator and blah blah blah. He said it don't matter. He said it don't matter. He said that dude was a monster on the field and he deserves to be there and the the thing that stuck out to me that uh shannon sharp said was that he said because shannon sharp referred to himself shannon sharp had to wait three years or whatever to get in and shannon sharp what shannon sharp said is after the first year he didn't get in he said oh if you didn't like my stats the first year then i you shouldn't put me in at all because what's going to change? Like, I can't go back out there and catch more yards. I can't go out there and get more touchdowns. I'm retired. So if you didn't like my numbers then, why three years later do you like it? So Corey Dillon is a first ballot, has first ballot Hall of Fame numbers. He should have been a first ballot Hall of Fame uh, Hall of Fame inductee. So his numbers, so if you ain't like it his first year he was eligible, what's going to change in 10 years? That just shows you how I'm trying not to cuss. I just showed you how full of it the Hall of Fame process is, because they don't even follow their own bylaws. They they don't they're not supposed. It's supposed to be about what you do on the field. And so what? Corey Dillon was a jerk. He was a great player. Mm-hmm. How many other jerks and assholes and white beaters and alcoholics and druggies are in the Hall of Fame? How many? You know, and people that's been arrested and all that stuff. They in there, so now this this Hall of Fame committee gonna think they holier than thou and keep and keep a beast out like Corey Dillon, keep a beast out like uh, Terrell Owens, just because oh we like Terrell Davis, so he he got the number wait he got the numbers for three years, that's good yep. enough for us. But Corey Dillon, uh, I don't want to hear it. Get out of here, man. Those phony phony wonies, man. <laughs> but and then they did and, and Shannon Sharp did suggest something. He said. The players should have a vote. The players should have a vote. The players should be the damn ones doing the voting anyway. They should exactly. have been initial, like the living players. But these damn sports writers, man, get out of here. Because you're going to be biased because Corey Dillon was a jerk to you and he was an asshole just like Terrell Owens was. And you ain't going to put him in something that he deserves. And you're going to punish him, quote unquote, punish him. And not make, get out of here, man. It, the Hall of Fame. That whole committee, and I'm sure there's some some people that's on that committee that that understands what I'm saying, and that understands like, yeah, uh, this is a flawed process. It's a very very flawed process, but they're not the majority because if they were the majority, things would change. And this year by Terrell Davis going in, it, along with Alt Ladanian Tomlinson, who numbers is killing. It was killing Terrell Davis. Like, Corey yeah. Dillard is, is way closer to the ALT's numbers than Terrell Davis is to Corey Dillon's numbers. And you want to say, oh, it's not all about the numbers. 
it's not all about the numbers. Then what is it about? The numbers mm-hmm. are a reflection of the work they did. The numbers are a reflection of the work they did. And that's what it comes down because you look at Barry Sanders, that's all you have is the numbers. Mm-hmm. Because his team didn't win. I think they went to the playoffs once or maybe twice during his entire career. So how do you – so what else? It's because he had moves. There's been plenty of running backs that had great moves, phenomenal moves. It's about those numbers. And, and let, me, let, me, let me add this, Chuck, real quick, man, because it's about the numbers. But if, if this committee is so caught up in the rings, every one of these guys got a ring. Jamal Lewis got a ring. Priest Holmes got a ring. Corey Dillon's got a ring. And Ricky Waters got a ring. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and they have and, phenomenal career rushing yards. Come on, man. Yep, and Barry Sanders don't have a ring. Anthony Munoz, the greatest offensive tackle to ever play, don't have a ring. There's plenty of people in there that don't have a ring. But mm-hmm. you have to go back and look at their numbers. Like, it's harder It's harder for offensive linemen. But it's still, you can still quanti- quantify what an offensive lineman does in terms of, you know, uh, how many sacks they gave up, you know, all that other, all that other stuff. But that's too complicated. But in terms of stat-heavy positions, you have those – it's about the numbers because it, it can't be about nothing else. You put Barry Sanders in the Hall of Fame because he's a great guy? No. It's because he was a – one of the best running backs there ever, were, there ever was. And how do you know that? You go and look at the numbers, which is a reflection of what he did on game day. And, yes, the numbers aren't – stats aren't perfect. I get that. But you will put that into account. You know, Terrell Davis, dude, was great for three years. So that's what the Hall of Fame required, three years. Have three great years, you're in the Hall of Fame. Three great years. If you had a a year, if you had a long career, long, solid, great Hall of Fame career, uh, but we don't like you, uh, sorry, buddy, but maybe in 10 years we'll put you in. Get out of here, man. Y'all a bunch of fraud. I wish – some of those voters on the committee will call in because I know some of you listen. They some of your boys, Nick. You talk about them all the time. Yeah, yeah, I know the fat uh, um, Peter King, um, Peter King, yeah, yeah. Peter King, all them bums, man. Yeah, y'all some bums. Yeah, y'all been covering the game longer than me. Yeah, y'all probably y'all done met all these players, all this other stuff. But get out of here, you frosters. I'm calling yeah. you out, you frosters. If and you, you know what, man? Dudes, these dudes in here are even considering them, you frosters. Right. Right. Jokes. And you know what? Because, you know, we got to move the break, man, because we still got a lot to get to. But I'm going to wrap this up say this, man. <sighs> it's a damn shame, man. This committee, man. I mean, Peter King, my main man, I used to read his articles. Uh, I think it was, well, I think it was Bell at USA Today. I mean, I know he's on there. Jerry Jones is on there. Because I'm about to get at Jerry Jones here in a little bit on his T.O. But, man, bottom line, what y'all did with Terrell Davis, this is what happened, man. You guys did this. He chose poorly. Yeah, man, they chose poorly. I had to pull out that clip from the old Indiana Jones movie. Yep, they chose poorly. On that note, we got to run the break real quick. Fans, we'll see you back in 32 seconds. Yeah, I said it, 32 seconds. All right, see you in a second. Oh, my God. I'm here to introduce Bustified. Bustified is a highly effective spray that is used for former first-round picks and high-profile free agents whose play on the field was just highly unaffected. Bustified is also used for players who got dropped off from a team and the NFL. 
Now, fans, imagine if you can take a can of Bustify with you to a football game and use it on your favorite player who's not producing. That would be rad. And, ladies, if you can always keep it in your purse and use it when some Some lame guy is trying to holler at you. (laughs) Yeah, big up to my homegirl, Alicia, for the Bustify commercial, fans. It's coming to Alicia! Yeah, coming to a store near you. And, yes, we'll be out on the shelf for you guys, for all you football fans. And we'll break down what it is down the road. Oh, man, because can't talk about the product right now. But anyway, let's continue this show because we got a lot to get to, Chuck. So we got to keep this short, man, because, you know, we can go on for like two, three hours, man. You know how we talk, man. So anyway, all right, let's get it. All right, all right, let's get it. So my main man, Terrell Owens, it's a shame that T.O. did not get into the Hall of Fame. But that baby, Terrell Davis punk ass got in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Terrell. Like I said, I ain't got no beef with you, man. But, you know, like I said, the facts speak for itself. You know, I done put all the stats out there, and I'm just looking like, Terrell, come on, man. You do not deserve it. But anyway, let me just move on to T.O., man. So let me ask you this real quick, Chuck. This one-word answer, man. So does T.O. work in the media? No. All right. So there's one of the main reasons right there. <laughs> T.O. does not work in the media. But there's another reason. A lot of people I've heard say is that T.O. did a lot on the field BS antics. He had a lot on the field BS antics, and he did a lot of stuff off the field as well, from getting your popcorn ready, you know, one game where he was eating popcorn, I think, out of the uh, stands or whatever, fans or whatever. I forget where he was eating it out of, but he was eating popcorn. popcorn. Yeah, yeah, get your popcorn ready. ready. You know, he had that phrase that was hot for a little bit. And then he pulled out the Sharpie. Remember that? Put out the Sharpie on Monday Night Football, did that. And then the one of the biggest ones that pretty much did him in, the biggest antique on the field, was the standing on the Dallas Cowboys star symbol at midfield during the 49ers-Cowboys game. Now, I'm sure Cowboys owner Jerry Jones had a big say in T.O.'s decision not to go in the Hall of Fame. I can hear old Jerry Jones right now. I can hear him right now. Well, so Jerry, what's your what's your vote? What's your take on T.O.? You think he should get in? What's your take? Well, now listen, he was a great player and all, but to disrespect the star on national TV, I'm sorry. I can't vote a guy in for disrespect to America's team. I mean, come on now. Who am I? I mean, you, you, you know, you understand that, that I helped build the premier America sports team of our country. Do you understand that? I said it twice. I helped build America's premier team. And I repeat, we are America's team. One more time, we are America's team. Damn it, that's what we are. We are the Cowboys. We are America's team. So, that's Jerry right there. I'm sure Jerry said that, <laughs> and that was pretty much it. They went around the table, Peter King, and all them was like, yeah, well, Jerry, you do, you do make a good point there. He did disrespect the star. So, yeah, let's not put T.O. in. So, but let's look at T.O.'s stats, man, his career stats. 15,934 career receiving yards, which is second all time. He had 1,078 career receptions with a 14.8 average, 153 touchdowns. Do you understand that? 153 touchdowns, five Pro Bowls, five first-team All-Pro. Now, these are Hall of Fame stats, folks. So, now, you know next year, Chuck, that many analysts are predicting and saying that first-time eligible wide receiver Randy Moss will be elected 
in his first year into the Hall of Fame. But people got to understand, they have to remember. Football fans have to remember. And I know these sports writers remember that Randy Moss had a lot of on-the-field and off-the-field antics as well. You remember that one where he told a um, he told a sports writer that he plays when he wants to. Uh, remember he was fined by the Vikings for verbally abusing corporate sponsors on the team bus. I know you remember this, Chuck. Remember when he uh, squirted an official with a water bottle? Remember that? <laughs> mhm. And then you also remember when uh, he pretended to pull down his pants and uh, moon, which is basically I guess they call that pretending to pull down your pants and moon end zone celebration. But when you look at Randy Matt Moss's stats, man, 982 career receptions, over 15,000 receiving yards. He had 15,292 receiving yards, 156 touchdowns with a 15.6 average. I mean, that's great. But what I'm saying is, man, you see what I'm you see where I'm going with this is that. So Randy Moss, everybody's saying he's a first ballot, he's a shoe in, you know. And guess what? He works in the media as well. But he had his on the field antics and off the field antics as well. But for some reason, he's going in. But then when you look at T.O. and guess who's on that? Guess who's on that committee? Once again, fans, Jerry Jones. So I just wanted to ask you this, Jerry Jones. If some reason you vote Randy Mossin next year, can you please tell Nick and Chuck when you gonna put T.O. in? Well, can 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 you get rid of your bias that you have towards him and just put him in? Seriously, man, I, I don't get it. But you know what, Nick? I mean, yeah. Uh, here's I found this article. I got to give the credit where it's due is from, from the Dallas News, um, and it's reportedly one of the people that's in the hall of that's on the Hall of Fame that was in the room during the discussions when they talk about TL. So this is what the source did. This is one of those people in the, on the Hall of Fame discussion panel that I was just calling jokesters. This is this is quotes from one of these guys on why T.O. is not uh, is not in the Hall of Fame. Here, this is what he said: "Quote: We're supposed to judge a player based on what he did on the field, but and this is the part of the discussion: the field extends to the locker room. It extends to the practice field. He played for five teams, and each of the five teams couldn't wait to shove him out the door." This is an allegedly Hall of Fame caliber receiver that teams cannot wait to get out of the door, to get out of here. And in five cases, that was it. Get him out of a building. Is that a Hall of Fame receiver? That's the problem this committee has, end Mm -hmm. quote. So, but see, they're looking at this at the wrong angle. He plays for five teams. So that means four of those teams wanted him. And then once they had him, okay, he did his little diva stuff. And trust me, fans, Nick will tell y'all, I don't like overly emotionally people that, that had issues, they had daddy issues, mama issues, whatever growing up. Over, But maybe that's because I'm an introvert by nature and I'm able to control my emotions to a certain extent. So I can't stand people that have no control over your emotions. Like, they just do spontaneous stuff. So, be, T.O. being this over emotionally dude, I'm not condoning that. I'm not – I don't even like that. But what I'm defending here is his play on the field. And once he was in the locker room and all those other antics he did, okay, that was terrible. 
but we're talking about what's on the field. But now they're talking about, oh, was, uh, you know, it extends from the field to the locker room to the practice field. And he wasn't a great teammate. How great a teammate was Brett Favre? Let's ask Aaron Rodgers. If we could just go, if you would just, we had a couple drinks. We sit down a couple drinks, Aaron Rodgers, you know, with no cell phones around. He knew he could trust. He knew he could trust you. And you asked him, uh, so if in order to get in the Hall of Fame, Brett Favre has one of the categories is that he was a good teammate. If you had that vote, Aaron Rodgers, and would you check yes in turn and that Brett Favre was a uh, was a good teammate? I bet you Aaron Rodgers would not would not would leave that box empty and said, "Hey, he no, he wasn't a great teammate, but he was a great player. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame." So all of these things that they're bringing up to explain their reasoning for why T.O. is in the Hall of Fame is BS. Dude said it right at the at the very first, at the beginning of the quote. We're supposed to, quote, we're supposed to judge a player based on what he did on the field, comma, but. And that but is their excuses for the reasons they don't like this, they don't like T.O. and they're not voting him in the Hall of Fame. And another quick, another quick uh, uh, thing he said, real quick, he said, "quote He had conflicts with every quarterback he played with, and that's the issue. Bottom line is the perception is he was not a good teammate, and no one has stood up and said, no, that's wrong, that's not right. He was a good teammate. We haven't heard that argument yet, but if it's out there, let's hear it. Let's hear it. It's thirty and forty, you fat, out of shape, chubby finger writers." <laughs> Bring in an old teammate that won't get chastised. You know, do some old, you know, uh, uh, bring somebody in, bring in an old teammate and say, but that that shouldn't even matter anyway because half his teammates probably liked him and half his teammates uh, probably hated him. I guarantee you bring in Chad Johnson in that room. I bet you Chad Johnson convinced y'all ass he deserves to be a Hall of Fame, but you ain't going to bring in Chad Johnson because you don't want to hear what Chad Johnson has to say uh, because you know he's going to have something positive to say about T.O. And you're going to say, oh, they were cut from the same cloth. Get out of here. They were both great players. You know, so it's so it's just more fodder or more wood on the, the on my fire, more logs on the, my fire that burns in my belly that these Dudes on the Hall of Fame committee is full of. Uh, I was gonna cuss there, but y'all fill in the blank. They full of it. Yeah, and see, here's the problem I have, man. Once again, is that you're letting these writers, okay? You're letting these writers. Some of these writers aren't great writers. Some of these writers don't even know the football. You know, like that. Chuck and I, we know football so well, man. I'm telling you, man. We break it down so good. We know football like it ain't nothing, man. Shoot, you know, half these writers, they they don't even know half the players that bring up. Or oh, when we look him up, let me see what school he go to. Don't 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 battle me on some football knowledge. I'll break you down. Come on, man. But what I'm saying is this: you have the top, you know, the NFL Network does the top NFL 100 players of the uh, uh of the NFL for the last season. They do it each year, you know? And the players vote on, you know, where they think these guys should be ranked, you know, from 100 and they start from 100 and they count down, they do 10 each week. So 100 to 90, 90 to 80, you know, 80 to 70, that blah blah blah. And that does a lot of ratings. People like that. So what I'm saying is, why can't the players? Why can't the players get a vote in on this? And I could I could kind of understand, you know, not putting the fans in there on the voting and stuff. But, I mean, I feel like some of these fans should get a say. Because what I'm about to say went to is this. 
we got to wrap this up, is that there are other players that deserve Hall of Fame buzz. These guys deserve a lot of Hall of Fame buzz, and they aren't getting any, and it's just sickening, man. The Hall of Fame committee is not looking at these guys. I'm just going to say this real quick because we got to move on. My main man, Jimmy Smith, Jimmy Smith had over 12,287 receiving yards for his career. 67 touchdowns. That's Jimmy Smith. My main man, Jesse Tuggle. I got to give a shout out to Jesse Tuggle. <laughs> Chuck and I had a long talk about this. We were so shocked that Jesse Tuggle played 13 years, right? And he had 1,640 tackles. Let me repeat this. 1,640 tackles. Okay? And let me break down these three seasons. This is three of the greatest seasons I've seen by a linebacker ever, pretty much. 1990, from 1990 to 1993. In 1990, he had 183 tackles. 1991, he had 201 tackles. In 1992, he had 207 tackles. And in 1993, 193 tackles. You, do you hear that, fans? And this guy isn't getting any love. And then my other main man, Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews. We're not talking about junior. Uh, I guess you want to call it. I can't really say senior, man, because it's so mean. I'm calling Matthews, man. But Clay Matthews played from 1978 to 1996, had 1,561 tackles and 69 and a half sacks. Once again, 1,000. 561 tackles. And Clay Matthews, Jesse Tuggle, Jimmy Smith, these are these guys aren't getting any love to go with. My other main man, Jamal Lewis, Corey Dillon, Ricky Waters, and Priest Holmes. Come on, man. And then let me just say, let me just add these other two guys real quick. Lester Hayes. Lester Hayes, the legendary Raiders corner, and Jack Tatum, the legendary Raiders safety. I mean, dude, they were part of, you know, the fame, uh, 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 what was it called? The Soul Patrol. The Soul Patrol. That was the name of that secondary with Willie Brown. Willie Brown was on the Hall of Fame, but his teammate Lester Hayes ain't, isn't in there. Come on, man. And Jack Tatum not in there. My dad used to tell me stories, but I went and watched tape of Jack Tatum. I mean, he was known as the assassin. He used to lay people out. But he can't get in. Lester Hayes can't get in. Come on, man. I'm done with this, man. Let's move on, Chuck. All right, let's move nah, on. Nah, but hold on. Nah, you ain't gonna get me like that. You brought up you 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 threw in two Oakland Ra- you threw in two Oakland Raider players. I gotta throw in the Bengals player, Ken Anderson, the quarterback from the Bengals from 1971 to 1986. This dude threw for over 3,000 yards and 20 touchdowns in 1975. Think about that, fans. 3,000 yards nowadays ain't nothing. 20 touchdowns ain't nothing. But this is a different league uh, nowadays. He threw for over 3,000 yards, over 20 touchdowns now in back 1975. And then in 1981, he threw for 3,700 yards and 29 touchdowns. The league had never seen anything like 29 passing touchdowns uh, in only 10 picks. When Ken Anderson came out there, had a great year or had a great career, threw for over 30,000 yards, 197 uh, touchdowns. And he ain't getting he ain't getting a sniff. I they probably don't even half that committee probably don't even know who Ken Anderson is. And that's a damn shame because they all frosters. But point taken, I just had to throw him in. You threw your two Raiders, so you know I had to sneak my Ken Anderson in. And you know, I gotta throw a bonus in for you. Willie Anderson. Willie Anderson, one of the yes. best tackles, yes. man. Yeah. Willie Anderson. I just got to yeah, throw that in, man. My one. main man, Willie Anderson, can't get no love from the Bengals, man. And don't sit there and say Hall of Fame. Oh, the Bengals weren't that great back then. 
Man, I don't want to hear that crap, man. It's about what they did on the field consistently, year in and year out. You understand what I just said, fans? Do you understand Hall of Fame committee? Do you know what the word consistent means, man? Do you Hall of Fame committee, do you guys need to look that word up? Seriously, Terrell Davis, consistent for what, four seasons? Four good seasons? Uh, he actually had three great seasons. I take away one of those seasons because it was just a good, you know, decent season. But come on, we talking about consistently year in, year in, out, man. We talking about seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve straight years of dominating in the NFL, the best of the best, going to war every Sunday, giving it that y'all battling. Come on, man. I'm done. Let's move on. All right. So Chuck, we only have to recap the Super Bowl because we all know what happened. But let me just ask you this, man. You got to make this real quick because, you know, we run low on time. Do you think the Falcons choke, man? Yes. Can't you explain a little bit? Oh, you said quick. I mean, you make up that uh, okay. They choke in terms of, okay, I, 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 I would say this. Everybody's getting okay. You know, I'm a scholar, so and I go left. So I'm going to go left. Everybody's getting on Kyle Shanahan about that play. What was it four minutes and thirty seconds to go? And they were in after that phenomenal catch by Julio Jones on the sideline. That was put his ass in the Hall of Fame just off of that catch committee. Uh, but everybody know the catch I'm talking about. But they were on the twenty, I think the twenty-four yard line. They were field goal range. The first play they try to run the ball, use lose a yard. So now it's second and eleven. And then this is where everything. It just went downhill, and everybody's harping on Kyle Shanahan because on second and 11, they tried to pass the ball. Matt Ryan got sacked. Now it was third and long, and then they completed a pass, I believe, but it was a holding penalty, pushed them back. So now they're out of field goal range. They got a punt, and then that's when Tom Brady came. Tom Terrific came on the field, and the rest is history. So everybody's getting on. Why on second down would you pass the ball? That's stupid. That's because they just getting uh, they getting force-fed – um, their opinion by people that don't really know what they're talking about. That's just leading the cheer. Look, it was he tried to run the ball on the first down. They lost the yard. The Patriots are expecting you to run the round of the clock. My issue is not with the fact that they passed the ball. It's the fact that they, uh, I think it was a five step drop, or it might have been a seven, six or seven step drop. I don't know, but it was it was more than a three step drop for Matt Ryan. My issue is Kyle Shanahan should have called a quick pass play or even a screen, or it's something to get the ball out of Matt Ryan's hands. Because the worst thing that could have happened was for you to get sacked. And there's ways not to get sacked. Just like on that last two-point conversion uh, uh, that the, the Patriots had to tie the ball game, is that they threw that quick screen to Amadola, one of, I don't know, one of the little uh, wide receivers. And Dwight Freeney, who's a great player, uh, was called for being offsides. And I don't know what he was thinking, that he thought he was going to be able to run back there fast enough to get Tom Brady on the three-yard line on a pass play. He should have just stopped and put his hands up to knock the ball down. Because if, if you fans, if you go back and look at that tape, Dwight Freeney went trying to get a sack, which made no damn sense that he was going to be able to get around that corner fast enough. If he would have... Uh, the ball height, he went up and then jumped, and he would have knocked that ball down easy. Game be over. He'd be a Super Bowl champ. He'd be a, you know, the, the Falcons would have won. But he tried. So my point is, is that the issue is not with the with the pass play being called. Issue with is you getting a five, six, seven stop step drop, or it should have been a quick pass play and keep yourself in field goal range. So yeah, they choked. 
It was some bad at the end. Kyle Shanahan tried to be consistent with what they got them there, but you have to be able to adjust. And the best man at adjusting was across the field for him, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick and the Patriots, they adjusted at halftime and adjusted throughout the game. And Kyle Shanahan would just had he had uh, uh, high beams on. He was just looking down the tunnel. Oh, we gotta keep doing what we got us here. And you kept doing what got you there, and it got you sacked and knocked out of field goal range. And Tom Brady got on the field and whooped y'all ass. So, yeah, they choked, but, you know, it, they they were playing against the best around. Yeah, and uh, you know what, Falcons fans, I know you guys were so hyped. I mean, they was ready to party and land. They was like, woo, it's going down, man. You know, dirty, dirty. But, yeah, mm-hmm. after the game was over, your body, your system was feeling dirty. <laughs> you was feeling <laughs> just disgusted. But you know what, Falcons fans? You don't have nothing to be upset about, man. I mean, nobody expected your team to get to the Super Bowl. But just the bottom line is this. You played against Tom Terrific. And you played with the mastermind, Bill Belichick. You went against the two. And you saw what happened, down 28-3. Never got flustered. Mr. Tom Brady, Mr. Calm, cool, collect. Stepped up, and you know what? He dissected. He carved up that uh, Falcon secondary in that second half and overtime when they got that bossy. You know what? It is over. Even Tom Brady had to look like, let's go ahead and just put the nail in the coffin and throwing out passes and comebacks, a couple curls, man, and it was a wrap. So with that being said, let me move on to this, man. We're about to wrap uh, up. Hold up, but, but real quick, go ahead. I, got, I got a message for the Atlanta fans, Nick. You be all right, B. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like I like like Chuck said, man. You know I said that fast, but yeah, you be alright, B. <laughs> but all right, here's the question, man. I know some fans were asking me is, Neat, do you think Tom Brady is the greatest QB of all time, and what makes him so damn good? Let me just say this: Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Yes, I said it. He is. I mean, anytime the man can hold up the left hand and have a Super Bowl ring on every finger, <laughs> and what makes it so beautiful is that he's about to turn 40 in August. He has he has shown no signs of slowing down. So he's looking at that right hand saying, damn, I think, man, I'm going to get this probably five-year extension in this offseason with the Patriots. So I think I'm going to put me another ring on that thumb, put one on that right thumb, and then I'll probably get one on the index finger. And then I call it a career. So I think Tom Brady's probably going to end up with seven rings, man. I really do. Because with him and Bill Belichick and the way this Patriots organization operates, and I'm going to tell you like this. Jerry Jones, I'm telling you, man, I have no beef with you, but I do have a beef with you saying that the Cowboys are America's team. No, they're not. The Patriots, the New England Patriots are America's team. Yes, Nick said it right here on this show. On February 7, 2017, 10-13 Central Time, Neek said it. Neek said it. We're going to say it one more time. The New England Patriots are America's team. Yes, they are. Because anytime you go to Super Bowl, what, nine times, and you come out victorious five times? Come on, man. They are America's team. And let me just say this. What makes Tom Brady so good is this, man. He's a 10-time Pro Bowler. I mean, come on, you don't go to the Pro Bowl 10 times for being whack or being average. He's a great quarterback. I mean, he's accurate. He has a killer instinct. 
And the Falcons saw that in the second half. They're like, oh, shoot, they got they started getting scared. They was like, oh, my God, here comes Tom Brady. Oh, my gosh. They didn't even know what to do. They didn't even know what to do. That defense was tired. That defense was just like, oh, man, Tom Brady's about to do us in. And Tom Brady, man, he, he he's mentally tough. The game is never too big for him. He never looks flustered. And even though he's not elusive, but he knows how to climb the pocket. He knows how to throw that ball down the field. So Tom Brady is showing no signs of slowing down, and he's going to probably end up getting two more rings within the next five years, and I made that prediction on this show tonight. Chuck, what makes Tom Brady so good to you? I mean, you you broke it down pretty well, and I could go on and on. So I'm going to just share a quick story. When I first started liking, like, I, I stopped hating, like, I was ever like everyone else is that, oh, Tom Brady, I can't stand him, I hate him. But it wasn't until my beloved Cincinnati Bengals played the New England Patriots. It was a home game. I was still living in Ohio at the time. Went to the went to the game with my dad. And just watching Tom Brady in person, I I remember telling myself, I was like, I can't hate this dude. Like, he was just so calm and collected in the pocket. It was just like he was out. <clears throat> it was just like he was out on a Sunday stroll, while he got two hundred and seventy-five pound dudes trying to knock his head off. It was just like he was out stroll, stroller apart. He was just so calm, cool, and collected. And just seeing that in person changed my mind. Changed my changed my mind. I was like, I can't hate this dude. So then, once I made that statement and I had that realization, and I had that change in paradigm. I start doing more research on Tom Brady and, and, and reading more about him. And then his story, I just fell in love with it. He lost his starting job at Michigan to a dude named Brian Greasy, who's a terrible announcer, by the way. But he lost his starting job to Brian Greasy, ended up falling in the draft to the sixth round. As a, you know, he's barely on the roster. But every day, I believe the offensive coordinator at the time was Charlie Weiss. He would be calling Charlie Weiss late at night, you know what I mean, bugging him. He wasn't even a starter. Drew Bledsoe was the starter. And at that time, Drew Bledsoe was a beast. So unless injury happened, ain't no way Tom Brady was going to see the field. But he was working like he was the starter. And I was just reading in his story, and I'm like, I love this dude. Like, I, I can't hate him. Like, how, like, if you take a step back. And you look at Tom Brady, like, no, just take his name out of it. You look at Tom Brady's story, but you don't know his, you don't see a picture of him. You don't know who he is. And you looked at it, you'd be like, wow, that's phenomenal. But because we are emotional creatures and people that hate the Patriots and hate Tom Brady, they say, ah, no, it's Tom Brady. I F, F Tom Brady, F Tom Brady. Okay, you could be that way. I'm not that way. You know what I mean? I might not like the Patriots are Boston fans, but I love Tom Brady, man. Like, it's like just because hey. he got a beautiful wife and all these championships, I can't hate, man. I, I just love him. Hey, hey, and I'm right with you, man. I love him too, man. And you know what? It's all said and done. I got to give me a Tom Brady jersey, man, because, <laughs> man, my baby girl, Lamar, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, girl, I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you stories about Tom Brady. He, this, this guy's a legend. All right. On that note, fans, Chuck and I, we know we think the Patriots probably might repeat. You know, with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick never count them out. But then, no fans, if you miss the show live, I always go to iTunes, look for the Neek and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show. 
And I hope you enjoyed this Super Bowl, post-Super Bowl show. And next week, we'll be getting into our off-season. Can't believe it's the off-season already. And we'll get you guys ready for the draft within the next few weeks. And we'll see you guys next week, next Wednesday. A-T-I. A-B-I-B. Once again, Chuck. Hey, Lil John. Lil John. You be all right, B.